0: Jesus, thank you for being here tonight, God, and Lord, as we come to you, God, we ask that you would just transform our hearts as we get into your word tonight. Lord, as we study, as it comes, Lord, in front of our eyes, may your words speak deep into our hearts, Lord. God, you are uh, Jehovah Rapha, Yahweh Rapha, Lord, you are a healer. And you can heal us not just physically, but you can heal us in the soul, Lord. You can bring your word into our hearts, into our lives in a way that, that we would be healed, God, that we would be healed to be able to live for you. And we ask God for your Holy Spirit to come even right now and fill us, Lord. Set our focus even more on you as we've been worshiping you. And now prepare us, God prepare our ears and our minds and our hearts to receive your word as we study it. so lord i ask for your holy spirit to touch this time and we ask this in jesus name amen everyone said amen amen right hey uh, as we get into the word tonight i I really ask that you would just be uh real attentive I, i i really feel like this is an important uh word for us and so Please just, uh, if you can, maybe settle down, grab your coffee or whatever you're drinking, your tea. And, and just, let's just settle down, and get into God's word as we get into Philippians chapter 4 here. Now, I was reading about how one day this worker said to the, his other worker, another worker there. He said, if only I had a thousand dollars extra, then I would be perfectly content. I'll be happy and content. Well, right at that moment, his boss happened to walk in and he heard what his employee had said. So you know what? He took out his checkbook, wrote him a $1,000 check. And the boss said, I've never seen anyone perfectly content. So here is $1,000. I want to see you perfectly content now. Well, after the boss walked out, the worker turned to the other worker and said, I should have said if only I had $2,000. Well, Isn't that the way we are as humans, right? Always wanting more, chasing contentment, but never catching it completely. J.D. Rockefeller became the world's first billionaire in 1916, and by the time he had passed away, I think it was around 1937, he was worth, in our day, about $340 billion. Practically everyone says that he is probably the richest man in the world ever. Well, once he was asked how much is enough and this is what rockefeller said more than i have if the richest man who had ever lived said that how can said that right how can anyone really find true contentment well we know this we can find it in god tonight we return to our study in the book of philippians and paul shares his secret to being perfectly content And so our title tonight is this, The Secret to Contentment. The Secret to Contentment. Now we're going to be studying Philippians chapter 4 from verse 10 through 12 tonight. Just three verses. We're going to take this next section as we make our way through the book of Philippians. And we're going to see three things in this secret to contentment. This is our outline. Number one, keep trusting. Number two, keep trending. And number three, keep training. So we'll go over those things as we go through the word tonight. But number one, the secret to the contentment, number one, keep trusting, keep trusting. Now we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter four, verse 10 in this section. So let's read that verse together right now. Philippians chapter four, verse 10. It reads, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. So we'll stop right there. And this is a section we're going to take here in our first heading. So we begin with Paul writing, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. What does that mean? Well, Paul found great joy in how the Lord was working. See, later in verse 18, you could take a peek there, but we find that Epaphroditus, remember his assistant guy, messenger guy, he had come to Paul in Rome with a gift of support from the Philippian church. This gift was perfect timing for Paul because it came just when Paul needed it to most. And what touched him was that they had a revived concern, it says here. In other words, their love for Paul blossom with this gift. It wasn't that they had lost concern or lost heart for him, but they had no opportunity. They didn't have opportunity to give to him. I, we don't know exactly why, what the reason that was. Uh, it could be maybe probably because they didn't have the funds. Maybe they they were a poor church, or maybe they did not even know how to get it to him. So, here's the idea. Paul saw God working with the timing of this gift, and that's what gave him great joy. See, the Philippians did not have the opportunity, though they had the heart to help Paul. But in some way, God worked it out to be able to send this gift uh, with Epaphroditus to bring to Paul in Rome. So Paul overall he rejoiced he saw God's hand here his perfect timing that when he needed it the most the Philippians had given the means to help Paul here. Perhaps it it timed out with Epaphroditus' true. Maybe he said, oh, well, I'm going. And they happened to have that gift, that money, uh, the things that Paul needed. And it all timed out perfectly as one of those things, like those coincidences, right? Uh, quote, unquote. But it's really God. And, and here is Epaphroditus who brought it to Paul. And so Paul's saying, hey, I rejoice in the Lord greatly. John MacArthur wrote this, Paul's gracious attitude reflects his patient confidence in God's sovereign providence. MacArthur goes on to say, he was certain that God in due time would arrange his circumstances to meet his need. So do you see, do you you hear that? Do Do you hear what MacArthur wrote? You see, there was no panic in Paul. He was patient. He was trusting in the Lord. In his will, his timing. There was no worrying over, over worrying over uh, what's going on. How is he going to do this? There was no manipulating the situation. He didn't like you know, broadcast, oh, we need money right now or our ministry will go down. Nothing like that. There was no taking matters into his own hands. See, he was waiting on the Lord, trusting in his care, and doing that is the first step to true commitment. So, here's the secret to Paul's contentment. And this is the first thing. Here's our point keep trusting in God's providence to work things out in his way and his timing. That's a secret to Paul's contentment. It's first to keep trusting in God's providence to work things out in his way and his timing. You know, I was thinking about how years ago when we first started the, the church and uh, God moved on someone's heart to uh, gift to me $500 and it was perfect timing because it covered the flight, the hotel room, and food for a pastor's conference that I felt like God wanted me to go to. No one knew that need. Nobody. I didn't tell anybody, but God knew and moved on this person's heart. This is God's providence. That's his working. So when God, when we know of God's providence, we can keep trusting in God's Providence. You know, I think about no of of Joseph. Remember Joseph? No matter what his brothers did to him, no matter what others did to him, no matter his mistreatments or unjust uh, abuses upon him. God providentially ended up arranging things so Joseph would rise up to be second in command in Egypt. Second to Pharaoh. We know the story, right? At the end of Genesis. And why is that? That he may save the Jews from the when the famine came. God orchestrated all that. This is God's providence. Understand that. God, it's when God supernaturally, sovereignly, orchestrates, arranges things to do His will. Ephesians 1.11 says, God is the one who works all things according to the counsel of His will. That's how God moves. And you know why? So that all things work together for good, Romans eight twenty eight right? For God's purpose and glory. That's God's providence. So Paul found contentment, right? Because he knew and trusted that God controlled the The times, the events, the seasons, the opportunities, everything going on around in his life as he wills and in his timing. So Paul found joy and contentment in that the Lord has it all taken care of. God in his providence had given the Philippian church the opportunity to give right when Paul needed it the most. And Paul saw that. So he rejoiced. He, he saw their, their concern blossom. It came forth. It came to fruit, showing their concern in this gift that God providentially brought to Paul. So the secret to contentment now is first found in keep trusting in God's providence to work things out to his way in his way and his timing remember that tonight that's how you can find contentment keep trusting trust god's providence in your life perhaps maybe tonight as i'm speaking maybe that as you look into your situation maybe that's why you seem so discontent yeah not content right now Maybe you're not trusting in God's providence, His sovereign will and control in your life. Let me tell you, believe God. Believe in His love for you. Believe that He cares for you and believe that He is intimately involved in your life. He's not just sitting back, just kind of folding His hand, kind of observing things. No, He is in control. He he is all powerful. He is he has all wisdom. He knows everything that's going on. And with that, he is in control of things. He's sovereign. That's the word. And in that, he can orchestrate things. In his providence, he sees things ahead of times, ahead of time, and he can arrange those things to work out that good according to his will and purposes in your life. So believe that God is a God who is sovereign, and in control that God is a God who has his providence over his life. Then you know what? You will see clearly what Warren Wiersbe said. Here's a quote from Warren Wiersbe. Life is not a series of accidents. It is a series of appointments. Isn't that good? So keep trusting God in in his providence. And that's the secret. The first Thing to the secret to contentment. So let's go on to number two now. Number two is keep trending, keep trending. So we see keep trusting God's providence and now number two, keep trending. Here we go on to verse 11 and we'll cover just verse 11 in this second section. Look at look with me here, verse 11. It says, not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Paul, oh, these are huge words here. And, and let, let's take a look at this. Now, Paul explains and, and what he's talking about. And he says in verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need. In other words, it's not that I'm complaining here. It's not that I'm upset with you guys that, well, I'm in need, you know. It's not that Paul was unhappy or disappointment, disappointed that they didn't help sooner. It's not about that he wasn't blaming them or being sarcastic like, oh, finally, finally you guys gave, you know, finally I was waiting, you know, oh, hear me, I'm suffering. No, it wasn't none of that. That's not what he's saying here. Because he explains whatever, and that's whatever, right, the situation, good or bad or great or not, Paul what? Learned to be content. Content here in the Greek, it means to suffice. It means to be satisfied. It means to have enough. Or maybe today we would say, I'm okay. I'm doing good. I'm fine. Yeah. In the, in the Greek world, this word, it, it, was, it was used to, to talk about how you're self-sufficient. In other words, you are not dependent on others. But here when Paul writes this, and really this Greek word is the only time he uses it. Uh, we see it in the New Testament here. Paul uses it in this sense. It means that you are not dependent on circumstances, on situations for your contentment. And that's how Paul could be content in whatever situation. So, here's the idea. Paul's contentment was not dependent, but independent of circumstances. How do you like that? That's the idea here. Let me me say that again. Paul's contentment was not dependent, but independent of circumstances. Isn't this amazing? I mean, Paul's content. He's saying these words, and this is what's amazing. He's saying these words and writing these words right here in verse 11. Even though he's not free, but he's in the Roman prison. Even though he's chained to a Roman soldier you know, twenty-four-seven. He's not able to go out and go on his mission trips and do ministry like he did before. He and even the conditions aren't that great. I mean, he, he probably doesn't have a lot of food to eat. Uh, he's in need of things, and so right, Philippians sent the gift, whether it's money and other supplies. But Paul, he's saying, "Hey, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm content." How can that be? Because Paul's contentment is not dependent on circumstances, but independent of them. How does he do that? How can he say that? You see, his contentment is found in one place, and that's Jesus Christ. Now turn over to Philippians chapter 1, and look at verse 21. Just maybe turn a page or two in your Bibles, and Go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Now take a look what he says here. If you remember, we studied this way back months ago. It says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Do you remember when we went over that? You remember this was Paul's heart. We learned for Paul, his life was about one thing, Jesus Christ. Whether he lives or dies, if he dies, it's gain because he gets to be with Christ. Whether he lives, he's living for Christ. Either way, so... We see his life being all about Christ his contentment is found in Jesus Christ Paul found all his needs all his fulfillment his life in Jesus Christ you could say this Jesus was all he needed someone said contentment is found when we have a correct perspective on life, and that's what it is you guys that's what we need to do we need to have that perspective that we're content when we have Jesus because Jesus is all we need turn to another scripture here turn to 2nd uh, Corinthians chapter 9 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and take a look at verse 8 I think this is interesting 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 second corinthians 9 8 here it says and god is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work now here in second corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 If you look in the middle of that verse, it says having all sufficiency in all times, right? The word sufficiency here in 2 Corinthians is basically the same Greek word, same Greek uh, root word that is translated as content in Philippians 4. So you understand for Paul, he had all sufficiency. He was content. He had everything uh, in Jesus. God is everything. Jesus is everything in us. Jesus is all we need. Now go back to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Notice something now as we look at verse 11 again. Verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need for I have what? Paul writes he has learned. And I think that's important. It's not like it came upon him. It's not like he was some super holy person and, "Oh, I'm just content now." Oh, you know, kind of thing. No. He had to learn it too, just like we need to learn it. It is not natural for us to find contentment in different situations, right? Especially when things go bad. It's not easy for us to have contentment in God. I mean, when we tend to to go through things we in those situations, we, we don't we're not content, right? And sometimes as we live our life, we try to find it in, in contentment in what we have, or in how much we don't have, or we try to find contentment in what we do, or even in what we've done. But Paul, he learned contentment. And you know what he did? Paul started this new trend in his life. He learned to stay content in jesus that's what he learned he learned that contentment is in jesus and he started this trend to find it in jesus now listen how we uh, i mean what we've learned already right uh in the book of philippians listen how paul did not live for any notoriety or power like the false teachers did we saw that in chapter one paul did not uh, let being in prison like steal his joy right Paul even counted his past accomplishments, all that he's done, all his degrees and everything, as just what? dung. right? What mattered to Paul was Jesus. It was all about him. And here, if we put all that together, Paul has learned to put a new trend into his life, and that is to find contentment in Jesus and Jesus alone. So here's our point. The secret to Paul's contentment is secondly, to keep trending toward being content in Jesus alone. This is our point. Keep trending toward being content in Jesus alone. You know, when we come to Christ, make that part of your life. Learn what that is. Trend toward that. Keep trending toward being content in Jesus you know, I remember um, when I was in my 20s, I, I went through a time of chasing the idol of my dream career. Yeah, But because God loved me so much, he kept me from attaining it. And it brought me to a place of brokenness before him. And in that place, I went back to church because I wasn't going to church. And I found, you know what, my contentment. Chasing my dream was empty. But worshiping the Lord and studying His Word—that's where Jesus was. And I remember telling the Lord, God, if I can just worship You and study the Bible, that's all I need. I don't need to chase this dream. I don't. I could do whatever, as long as I have You, I have true contentment. You know, I was thinking. You know, when you're young, you tend to want to do your own thing, yeah you're 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 trending on new paths and 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 on new you just want to go out there and do this thing but you know what i was brought back to jesus to the one who saved me and i learned that i will truly never be happy and content unless i find it in jesus perhaps that's what god is trying to show you also you've been chasing after your idol of your dreams but jesus wants you to, Jesus wants to be your satisfaction and joy. And like me, the things we face and, 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 and the brokenness we come to, all of that may be designed to bring you to that place where you find, you know what? Jesus is all that you need. Like what Corey Tim Boom said, you may never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. God had to strip me down in order to see this. And maybe He's doing that to you. Maybe the same things happening in your life right now. Learn this. Learn this, that the Lord, the Lord is the one. So keep trending. Change, change how you do things. Change how you look, look at things. Yeah, Start a new trend in your life and keep trending toward being content in Jesus alone. You know, perhaps... He's trying to bring you to this place where it doesn't matter what you have, what what what's around you, whatever. But you have Jesus, and that's all you're content with. I read about a poorly, poor elderly woman who was um, sitting down to eat her dinner, and she only had a piece of bread and some water for her meal. As she sat down, she looked at her 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 table in the mirror, meal, and she exclaimed, "What?" All this and Jesus too? I love that. We need to do that in this day and age. There's so many distractions, so many things pulling at us. And we tend to get pulled into those things. And we tend to get get uh, deceived by thinking that these things can really make us happy when truly the only thing is Jesus. He's the only one, thank God can give you true contentment maybe you've been chasing this thing or that thing or maybe you thought this is it this is it this is the thing and maybe you attained it and all of a sudden you realize like many many people who are very wealthy find out i still feel empty you feel empty tonight Have what you've been attaining to and chasing. And and all of a sudden, maybe you reached the top in your career. Or maybe maybe you got everything you want. And all of a sudden, you're like, what? I still feel empty. You know why? Because God has created us so that He is our contentment. And it's only through this relationship with Christ that we find our true contentment. So make a new trend. Find contentment in Jesus, in Jesus alone. And that's the secret to contentment. So number one, keep trusting in God's providence. Number two, keep trending toward finding that contentment in Jesus. And now let's go on to number three. Keep training, keep training. Our last verse here in Philippians chapter four, we're going to look at verse 12 now. Verse 12, take a look here. It says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, uh, abundance and need. And we're going to stop there. Okay, Paul shares how, what he's experienced. This is what he's been through. And this is part of his, how he started trending in this. And really, this is his training. He knows how to be content when he says brought low. In other words, have nothing. And he knows how to be content when things abound, when he has everything. So whatever the circumstances, Paul says, Paul has learned the secret of contentment. Whether it's facing times of plenty, he says, when he has much, you know, a lot of food, or times of hunger when he doesn't have a lot. Or whether he's facing abundance when he has everything around him in need or times when he has great need so paul learned really to grow in spiritual maturity to live above his circumstances and it was through all this it was going through times of uh, of a lot times of nothing it was through those times and he did as he grew in the lord he did not let any of the circumstances affect his contentment but he kept steady to his his, his contentment that he found in Jesus Paul learned through experience to anchor his contentment in the Lord and not his circumstances you know what the interesting thing is the Greek word for for learned uh, basically here is different from verse 11 in verse 12 the phrase learn a secret is actually one Greek word uh, muel. And it means initiated. It means like initiation, you know, like you got to be initiated, get into a club or go through these things. So Paul, he had his initiation by going through times of great abundance and times of having nothing. Paul was initiated into learning to find contentment in God by going through the joys in life as well as the difficulties. And as he grew in the Lord, this was his training. He he, he grew here, and that brought him to this place of finding joy in Jesus, remember our theme, and finding contentment in Jesus alone. I love this, because Paul isn't just talking theory here, right? He's not some professor and schooled and, you know, talking from that. No, he's lived it. He's he's trained in this. He's been training in this and continually going through things. And this is his training, helping him to really find contentment in Jesus. You know, in Acts 9, the Jews plotted to assassinate him. There was a threat on his life when he first came to the Lord, and he started preaching Christ. In Acts 14, the Jews actually uh, stoned him practically to death. They dragged him out of the city, but then, as you know, he revived and went back into the city to talk about Christ again. In Acts 16, people in the city of Philippi beat him and threw him in jail, him and Silas, if you remember that story. In Acts 17, in Thessalonica, the Jews f- were filled with so much jealousy because all the other Jews coming to listen to him that a crowd went after him, but he escaped during the night. In Second Corinthians 11, Paul writes about all the different things that he had been through. Overall, he had been Beaten, he says, more than I could number. Five times now, five times he was scourged, 39 lashes. Can you imagine the marks all over his body, the scars and all? Three times he says he was beaten with rods, uh, three times he was shipwrecked. He says, uh, countless times he, he had sleepless nights, he'd been without food, many times he was hungry and thirsty with nothing. Uh, he, he, uh, many times he had no place to stay. He was out in the elements, in the cold. But throughout it all, it was all part of a train, his training to find and bring him contentment in Jesus alone. That no matter situation, no matter the circumstances, it didn't matter. Matter of fact, his eyes were so locked on Jesus And to one day be with Him in eternity in heaven. This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Isn't that crazy? He went through all that and he goes, oh, it was a light and momentary affliction. Light? No. Not to me. Because, you know why? Because His eyes were set on Jesus because his contentment was on Christ alone certainly he's been through the trials certainly he's been through the disappointments certainly he's been through these times where he must what's ah you know not having contentment but this is how he learned this was his training that he wouldn't look to these things to find contentment but he would look to Jesus He was forced to, right? I mean, these things don't make you happy, right? Being beaten, no. But he found contentment in Jesus. A James McIntosh once said, It is right to be contented with what we have, never with what we are. Now I say that, I like that because you see, we need to be contented with whatever we have and find our contentment in Jesus and just be at peace. Well, I have or I don't have, doesn't matter. My contentment is in the Lord. But never with what we are. And I like that because the idea here is that God is training us and we want to keep growing and keep growing more and finding our contentment more and more in Jesus. So, thirdly, here, the secret to Paul's contentment this is our point. Keep training in every circumstance to keep Jesus your contentment. Do you see that? Whether he uh, has a lot or nothing, right? Paul's saying, look, I, 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 I'm, I find contentment in Jesus. And he's going to not allow those things to get to him. So that's our point. Keep training in every circumstance to keep Jesus your contentment. You know, I, I think about this a lot. Whenever I face situations and I start to feel disappointed or, or not content, and I, and, and I try and stop myself from going into these these, these emotions or these thoughts, you know, that, that you start spinning in your mind and, and the whys and this and complaining. And I try and stop myself and, and I try and ask myself, where is your contentment, Rick? Where is it? Is it in this situation? Are you trying to find it here and it's not working out so you're not happy, you're not content? Or is it really in Jesus that no matter what happens, you will be content? I'll tell you, we are so prone, aren't we, to want more than, than we already have, to want what we, we, we don't have, right? To want that which others have, right? Or, or to, to want just, oh, I just want to be happy. I want things to just work. But sometimes it isn't that way, and we live. Remember, I've been talking about a fallen world, right? And 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 even our own flesh will want things, right? Covetousness, right, makes us discontent. You know what? Really, there's a thing about being content and just have being content in Jesus. Is just be content, basically, just be okay with what you have, and just enjoy whatever you have, right? Contentment is coming to the place to see that God has provided everything you need for your present happiness. So no worries about that. Don't want more. Don't look at what other people have and what you don't have. Don't waste money or effort in chasing things that only make you more discontent. I like something Benjamin Franklin said, content makes poor men rich. Discontent, makes rich men poor. This is the training to keep finding contentment. You know, just take what, accept what God has given you in this present time and be okay with that. Be happy with that. When time comes, you know what? He'll change it. If you're in need, when time comes, He will provide. Just be content and find your full, true contentment in Jesus. Perhaps you've been putting your contentment in the wrong things. Maybe that's why you feel empty tonight. Maybe uh, uh, things aren't turning out and and that's really working on you right now. I mean, what is it that, that makes you content? I mean, truly, I mean, look in your heart, search your heart. What is it that you reach for? You know, what is it? I mean, I'm not just talking about like money. Yeah, some people think, well, if I... I have X amount then I'll be fine I'll be happy yeah if I have that much money in my wallet I'll be I'll be good yeah or or if my kids were like this I would be content right what what is it it's it's not always about money or about oh if this person was in my life or you know if we could be married I'd be content it's not it, it could be those things but it's not always just that you know I remember um talking to one guy and he said you know i'm the happiest when i'm really angry i feel alive and i thought that that is crazy but some people are like that Oh, i'm content when i could be in control when i'm i'm yeah i could push people around that's when i'm i'm content when i'm on top right or maybe you're content when yeah, I when you you can you can push your rights and yeah uh, I can fight injustice and I'm content there if, if I'm always there fighting in that way. Where's your content? Those things don't give you contentment, right? In the end, uh, um, yeah, I love to be angry. I love to be that guy there. I love to be uh, pushing you. You know, if, if you look at all the collateral damage all around, then you're not content. What is it that really makes you content? I mean, look at it this way How long have you been a Christian? Maybe a long time. But you're still not content. Why is that? Maybe you're not finding it in Jesus. Sometimes we get mixed up that, well, if we read our Bible and pray and, 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 and go to church and serve the Lord, you know. Then, then, oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good. And maybe that makes you feel happy for a while. But sometimes that legalism, the works that you do, is only to make you feel better, right? But God is saying, no, have a relationship with me. That's where the contentment is. That's what it means to be content in Christ. Listen, If your contentment is in other things, you know what? God's going to work on you. (laughs) Believe me, he will. Because he wants you to be trusting him more. He wants you you to be trending, a new trend, yeah? And finding that contentment in Jesus' name. And he'll be training you to continue to go to Jesus to find that contentment. So maybe some things are happening in your, in your life, but it's all part of the training. It's all part of, for you, you to let go of these things, trying to find contentment in there, and to find it in Jesus and go to Him alone. But are you bucking against that training? Someone put out this question, who is more content, the man with a million dollars or the man with 12 children? The answer is the man with 12 children because he doesn't want any more. Sometimes we have to go through things to find out, okay, it's not there. It's in Christ. Learn and grow in where contentment should be. Let God train you through these things. I mean, I'm growing. We're all growing in that. And we keep having to go back to it, but we're finding more and more, and I'm finding more and more in my presence with, with my relationship with God, that it's His presence. When we're worshiping God, when we're back in the Word and just enjoying the Holy Spirit with us, that I find contentment there. You know, sometimes we are drawn Away, because we think, well, it's over here, and we wanna. We we think that's where our contentment is, and 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 you know, we just need to be satisfied where we're at. Leave that alone and look to Jesus. A man became envious of his friends because they had a lar- They had larger and a more luxurious home, so he listed his house listed his house with a real estate firm agent and he planning to sell it and to purchase a more impressive home shortly afterward he was reading a classified section of the newspaper he saw an ad for a house that seemed just right he promptly called the realtor his realtor and said a house described in today's paper is exactly what i'm looking for i would like to go buy it as soon as possible the agent looked into it and right then right then and there and then replied sir i regret regret to tell you you can't buy you can't buy it that's your house. You already own it. Be happy. Be be okay with whatever you already have. I mean, we should choose to want less anyway than to want more. And then find your true contentment in Jesus. Here's the thing. Jesus should be the object of our hearts anyway, right? The love of Jesus should be enough first. Jesus should, should. should that's it. That's all we, we should be happy with. I believe it was Francis of Assisi that said, we regard them, and he's talking about positions, we regard them all as God's gifts, never God's substitutes. Thought that was really good. Amen? Amen. I want to close with uh, this story. A rich businessman found a fisherman sitting beside his boat. And said, why aren't you out there fishing? Because I've caught enough fish for today, said the fisherman. Why don't you catch more fish than you need? The rich man asked. What would I do with them? The fisherman said. Well, you could earn more money, buy a better boat, so you could go deeper, catch more fish, and then you could make more money. And you could keep doing that. Soon you'll have a whole fleet of boats, buying more boats, hiring more people, and be rich like me. And the fisherman asked, then what would I do? Well, the businessman said, you could sit down and enjoy life. Then the fisherman said, what do you think I'm doing now? <laughs> yes, be content with what God has given you already and then find your true contentment in Jesus. Keep trusting in God's providence. Keep trending and in, in finding contentment in Jesus alone. Keep training in, in that with every circumstance that comes and then you find that this is as Paul found the secret to contentment. Let's pray. Lord, as we come before you, we lay our hearts before you, Lord, and we ask that uh, you would help us, Lord. Our heart seems to go after many things in this world. Our heart seems to find contentment and maybe even our own successes or things that we feel like make us happy or, quote-unquote, alive. But God, we have missed the mark in that our contentment can only be found, true contentment can only be found in you, Lord. And without you in our life, God, we are empty, and we just keep going from one thing to another, chasing contentment. So Lord, we come before you, and as we've read tonight and studied, let us be like Paul and find that secret to contentment, Lord, is you, Jesus. It's trusting in your providence and knowing you're gonna take care of us. It's seeking to find contentment in you, and it's to be trained even in the the bad times, Lord, even in the good times that These things won't make us fully happy, but we will grow stronger in finding it's in you. And so, Lord, we just lay our lives before you, and God, come and help us, Lord. Fix us, Lord, where we are broken. God, stop us from seeking elsewhere, and let us finally come home to you tonight. Lord, as our heads are bowed, I pray for those who are listening in right now, who maybe have, are, are listening live, or maybe they're even listening to this and watching this uh, after God and what's been recorded. And God, I pray that you would bring them, God, to salvation in you. Bring people back to you who have wandered away. And God, I pray for their hearts that they know, Lord, how empty they feel Right now, and they know through your spirit that only you can fill that emptiness and bring them true fulfillment and contentment. right now I want to lead any of you who are connected in right now or watching as your heads are bowed and eyes closed I want you I want to lead you. In a prayer to receive Jesus. Just say this if you want to recommit your life to Him, if you want to accept Jesus in your heart, just repeat after me Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Lord. I believe you are my Savior. Forgive me for my sins. Cleanse me and make me clean. Make me a new creation and fill me with your Holy Spirit. As I turn from my sins, I surrender my life to you. And as I give you my life, I accept you into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to live for you. Help me to love you more and find contentment in you. In Jesus' name, amen.